Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Obi-Wan Kenobi. It finally concluded this week, and it definitely has some fans mixed with emotions and feelings about the series as a whole. Which side do you fall on, the light or the dark? Well, I've kept my mouth quiet about this series long enough, and I think it's time to let's just have a chat about it. Let's talk about it, and let's see if this was a series that led and kept up with all the expectations going into it. So, Obi-Wan Kenobi, let's talk about it. Hey, what's going on everybody? Renee here, Loki Geek, talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, series just concluded this week. And, you know, if you were like me, you've been watching week to week, looking forward to seeing what are they going to do? How is it going to play out between Vader and Obi-Wan? How's Hayden's acting going to be this time around? Will we get enough to see him on the screen? When are we going to see some cameos like Qui-Gon and Palpatine and whatever? You know, some of you, those things have been answered and fulfilled. Whether or not it was done in the right way is something that we should probably talk about right now. So before I get into anything, I should tell, let you know that there is definitely going to be some spoilers discussed here. There's not going to be any non-spoiler discussion here, so be warned. If you haven't finished this series, if you haven't watched any of the episodes, stop what you're doing right now unless you just don't care. Unless you'll be like, you know what? Screw it. Tell me about it. You know, Let me decide if I want to see it or not, and I'll form my own opinion or what have you. Then, by all means... Thank you for watching and thank you for joining me on this journey as we talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi. So when this series was announced, I mean, first off, you know, there was a history behind the story of Obi-Wan. And for the longest time, it was supposed to be a movie, right? Um, we definitely knew that Ewan McGregor was going to come back. And of course, there were rumors and speculations whether or not Hayden Christensen was going to come back. As we learned that they were turning it into a series, a limited series at that. I think a lot of us were very excited, especially knowing how special and uh, big uh, The Mandalorian turned out to be. And how, you know, as we got season two of The Mandalorian and how that was so much better than even the first season. So Star Wars TV really had a bright future. And then we got the Book of Boba Fett, and that really definitely divided a lot of the fan base and kind of, you know, led to a lot of mixed feelings and emotions. But it's Obi-Wan, right? They could not screw this up. I mean, this is probably the most highly anticipated storyline and character that people wanted to see back on the screen, whether it be a big cinematic feature film or a series on Disney Plus. But I think a lot of us were really excited because with having a series on Disney Plus, it allows us more time with the characters. It allows us more time to develop storylines and, um, you know, rich 
interactions and connections with these characters you know that maybe a lot of us were missing from the prequels or wanted to see more of that from the prequels um especially for those of you who grew up on the prequels i mean I've never seen the love of Hayden Christensen so strong than it than like it is now, because when those prequels came came out, I have to say, you know, I and I unfortunately was one of them. I was not a huge fan, and I thought his acting was terrible, you know, and I really didn't like where that whole thing was going. Now, as we got more Star Wars content in the years, in the forms of the Clone Wars, Rebels, all that stuff it kind of developed the character more and it definitely gave us more of an appreciation of the prequels as time has passed by. Now you see Hayden showing up at like Star Wars Celebration. You see people cheering and applauding and, you know, giving him a lot of respect and, you know, clamoring to want to see more of him in Star Wars and all that stuff like that, which is fantastic because I think a lot of it had nothing to do with him. It had a lot to do with the directing and the acting, especially the piss poor dialogue that they had him you know, go through. And not just him. I mean, Natalie Portman suffered from that. Um, and, you know, some other people did as well. I, I feel like the only one who really didn't get this type of wrath was Ewan McGregor because Obi-Wan was the one character that everyone loved. Um, him and Qui-Gon probably arguably are the two that everyone equally loved throughout the prequels um so it would have been you know we were really getting excited to see how is this going to really develop and how is this going to really play out on in on the series so i have to say like now that you know the series is concluded and yes there are talks and rumors of maybe they're considering doing a second season or another short limited run or what have you and with the way that this, you know, series kind of ended, you could go either, you know, either way, right? I think The Mandalorian, the success of The Mandalorian, and how well those two seasons of The Mandalorian were put together, I think that spoiled us a bit. Because, like I said, Book of Boba Fett kind of disappointed some people. And to be quite honest, even though I liked Obi-Wan... I was a little let down by it. Now, a lot of it could be just my own desires and expectations and, you know, maybe wanting more than what we got. But with what we got, it was okay. I didn't hate it, right? Like, I, you know, the, the last episode concluded everything and I was pretty satisfied because we did finally get a lot of those nuggets that we were all hoping for. But it would have been nice if we saw them sprinkled out throughout the series, you know. We finally got Qui-Gon showing up, right? We finally got to see Palpatine and the interaction between Vader and Palpatine. We finally got the big showdown and confrontation between Vader and, and Obi-Wan, you know, round two. You know, like, it's like it's like uh, watching a prize fight of, like, two fighters, you know, fighting again and stepping back into the ring and doing it all over again. But... I felt like I should have been more emotionally invested when a lot of that stuff was happening, but I was not. And <clears throat> the story that we got and that we were provided with, I think felt, at least for me, in my own opinion, it felt like it would have been 
better told in a movie format, in a theatrical type of release format. Because um, as I was watching these episodes, and as we got to like episode three and four, especially four, I it kind of dawned on me. I'm, I, it said like, these are made like very long, elongated movies. You clearly have your act one, you clearly have your second and your third acts. And the middle acts were probably the weakest in this series, right? Um, you had a lot of things that maybe dragged too long, storylines that really prolong things from really getting to the, the meat and potatoes. Um, you had what was probably the worst episode in episode four, um, which ended up being like the shortest episode in the whole series. Um, with just so many weird choices and visual effects that just did not live up to the to, to standard of what we've gotten used to. Um, and then just the overall tone, too. It felt it also reminded me once again how these stories and these shows and programming are really at times geared towards a younger audience because I could see them eating this stuff up tremendously just like how a lot of people who grew up with their prequels how they ate that up you know this was their introduction to star wars this was their original trilogy while people like myself you know who grew up on episodes four to six that was our original and introduction to star wars and it's such a high bar in our minds to live up to um so yeah, so and I and I know I'm not the only one out there who feels this way. Uh, I've been seeing some of the feedback, some of the you know the tweets, and you know I I watched a few videos. I tried not to watch a lot because I I definitely wanted to approach doing this uh, video uh, with a clear head and really formulate my own thoughts and opinions. Um, and coming in fresh with those thoughts without having it like tainted by anything else or whatever the case is. But it feels like a lot of my concerns and my kind of, you know, disappointments and everything like that. Other people felt the same way. Right. And now I think is a perfect time to talk about it. But as a series as a whole, like I said, they provided us with a story that at the end of the day, I did not hate. I still found thing, you know, found many things entertaining. Um, you know, introduced to some characters that I actually really like. Uh, new takes on some uh, characters that we will later grow up to know is you know Carrie Fisher and, and Mark Hamill's portrayal of Luke and Leia. But I loved the actress they got to play the young Leia. We really didn't get to see much of the young boy who played Luke. All he pretty much did was smile and run away and stuff like that. And you know, he had this one moment where he goes into the shop. He's like, I'm here to get some stuff. Blah, blah, blah. And that's about it. And then most of the time it's just like, hide, run. Oh, my goodness. You're falling off a cliff. Um, you know, playing dead or whatever. Having knocked, being knocked out. Um, so, or pretending to fly a starship, right? Like, you know, and I have my, my thoughts about that. When I'm going to get to in a minute. Um, but, you know, being introduced to Tala, which I thought was a great character, you know, and a great actress, too. You know, I remember her from Game of Thrones, um, uh, Indira Varma, you know, so great actress, great character, you know, and very emotional character, too, especially with her sacrifice in making sure that 
you know, buy some time for Obi-Wan and the rest of the refugees to escape and all that. Uh, but then you have Moses Ingram, who I remember seeing her in Macbeth, and I thought she was fantastic. Um, having her play one of the Inquisitors, uh, Riva, I thought at first was a very interesting character. Then I did not like the way they treated the character as the series continued. Plus, I felt it was too much of a distraction from the main storyline. And it was a disservice, in my opinion, to the character and to the actress. Uh, And I know she got a lot of racist backlash online and all that, which is totally unnecessary. Um, But, you know, I guess, unfortunately, that comes with the territory, right? Especially in this geekdom and all that. Um, But seeing the Inquisitors in live action, too, were fantastic. And there was like such heavy emphasis and focus on that in the beginning. And then it just kind of like fell to the wayside, right? Um, and, and that was my main issue with this series. It's an Obi-Wan series that did not really focus so much on Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan was there in almost everything, but it was either he was babysitting Leia, trying to rescue Leia, trying to rescue people from, you know, certain doom from the Empire facing off and dealing with Riva, um, you know, with with her thing. And, you know, making sure that he makes his way back to Tatooine to make sure that Luke's okay, right? I felt like that was, like, a lot of what happened and transpired in the six episodes. Yes, we got to see, you know, him dealing with a lot of the grief and a lot of the the aftermath and the after effects of what happened at the end of of what we saw happen at the end of Revenge of the Sith. So he shut himself from the force. He's like kind of similar to how we saw Luke in uh, in the the newer uh, trilogy, right? Shutting himself off, not believing that it's you know believing that the Jedi should die or they're dead and everyone's gone, right? And having a main focus for some particular reason, still wanting to focus on Luke, right? Because eventually this boy it could turn out to be something and he needs to be trained and whatever the case is like that. You know, so we got a good amount of that. And then we did get to see him kind of, you know, slowly get himself back into the force and, you know, build up enough of that strength so that ultimately he can defend Leia, get her back home, and face off with Darth Vader, right? So that in itself was kind of cool, right? But there wasn't any more substance outside of that, you know? Like, it would have been awesome to really see that journey and process of Obi-Wan coming to that realization that Anakin is still alive, and then coming to see him get strength back into the force, get back into that mindset, get himself back acquainted with everything that he needs to do, get that feeling there, and then allow that time of him to actually try to communicate, right? Obi-Wan reacted a lot. Leia is missing. We need you to help out. I really don't want to. Okay, fine. I guess I should. All right, Leia, I got you. Oh, look. There are these refugees. Wow, they helped all these Jedis. I guess I should help them too, right? It's the least I can do. What? Anakin is still alive? Oh, boy, I need to run away. Um, <laughs> and then, oh, there's this Inquisitor who's after me. 
uh, why? Oh, you are one of the younglings that, you know, almost died at the hands of Anakin. So you know who he is. You know how our relationship, which they never really explained how she put two and two together, you know. Oh, you became a Sith so that eventually you could, you know, take Vader out. Let me help you. What? Not once did he try to communicate with Anakin or Vader and try to, and you know, we were always, we always remember like in, in the, um, uh, like in the original movies where, you know, Obi-Wan once fought like you and like trying to turn him. You saw Luke actively trying to talk to Vader and said, I think there's good in you. I don't want to fight you, blah, 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 this and that, you know? You know, and you know that's when that you know famous quote came from. But we didn't see Obi Wan do that at all, really. We just kind of, like I said, see him run away, or if he's confronted with Vader, all right, fight or defend enough to buy some time, right? And then in this last episode, he gives himself up to save the refugees. You know, so of course he knew Vader was going to go after him, take the bait, and all that. But there, there wasn't even any kind of conversation. You know, Obi-Wan took it to himself saying, it's either he's going to die or I'm going to die, but I need to end this now. But there was no convo whatsoever. No attempt to, hey, let's parlay a bit. You know, hey, you want to grab a coffee? Talk about the old times? All that stuff? No, nothing like that. It's just like, I see you. Let's fight. But with that being said, even though when they fought and obviously Obi-Wan eventually came out on top once again. And I love the parallel that they had where, you know, Obi-Wan went to town on Vader and, you know, Vader's helmet is now cracked open. You could see Hayden's face and everything. I love the parallel of how we saw that in the cartoons, too, when Ahsoka was fighting him. So I thought that was pretty cool. But that was the only moment that had this huge emotional feeling where Obi-Wan finally sees Anakin and how he really looks like right now. And, you know, he said he, he, he just wants his friend back. And I'm sorry, you know, for everything that I did. And how Vader was just like, you could see he's like full Sith at this point. He's like, oh, don't, don't you worry. You're not to blame for any of this. You did not kill Anakin. I did. Anakin is dead. That guy no longer exists. And that's where you get this amazing, amazing performance. And I'll get back to that in a minute. From Ewan McGregor. I mean, the emotion on his face. The acting that he put through on this. Like, I got teary-eyed. But I really, really feel like I should have been more emotionally invested in this moment. But I wasn't so much so. I myself reacted to what I was reacting to on the screen. Leading up to this, I should have been already all in. Like, oh my God, you know, why? How is this going to end? But visually, cinematically, when all of this was coming, going down, I mean, I was just like, yes, here we go. Because it's like a Star Wars moment, right? The last episode was the most cinematic episode of the entire series. Where most of it felt very TV. Like this was some cinematic. 
the visuals, the way they would, you know, move the camera around. Um, with the exception of all this, like, shaky handicam shit. Like, I really am tired of that. And they used a lot of that in this series, um, which really was distracting, especially in, in episode five when you had Vader and Reva going at it, which was, again, another awesome fight. But the shaky cam stuff really took it away from me a little bit. And you dealt with a lot of that in this in this whole entire battle, too. But this was pure on Star Wars, you know. But then you see, like, Obi-Wan using the Force so strongly and everything like that. Like, oh, where did this, all this come from? Like, oh, I guess he's fully, you know, back in the Force, right? But still, it was very cinematic, very epic, right? But I really do feel like I could have been more emotionally invested when all that stuff was going down, you know, and I, I was just reacting to the oohs and ahs that was being presented to me on screen instead of just being like oh, tensed up or whatever the case is, right? So, and I, I, again, I think it was just a lot of the decisions that they made throughout the series or when to include one thing or when to wait to show another, you know, I think moving in, like coming into this series, a lot of people were just expecting that with Hayden on board, we were going to see more of Hayden throughout the series, like through flashbacks, you know, looking back on the time that Obi-Wan and him were together, either during the Clone Wars or just leading to the Clone Wars or what have you like that. The life lessons that were being taught that could play into the current situation, which they did really well in episode five. We finally got that. But I could have used that a little bit earlier, you know, or in different cases, like 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 sprinkled. Before that, the only time we ever saw Hayden was when Obi-Wan saw a weird vision out in the, in the distance and it was Hayden in the robe. And then that was it, right? For any time we saw Vader on screen, it was just Vader, right? So, so yeah, um... So, so that's how I felt about all of that. Now, as far as the tone of the series and everything, like I said, a lot of moments felt like TV, you know, and a lot of that, you know, it, it almost rem like harkened back to watching like Battlestar Galactica in a way. And I think it's because a lot of us were just too spoiled with the Mandalorian because I feel like it, you know, arguably you could argue and say that most episodes of the Mandalorian felt cinematic. Plus, you are bringing in characters that we grew up with watching on the big screen in theaters. More, you know, cinematic moments, more visual effects and all that stuff like that. And now you're bringing them into the smaller screen, right? But I don't understand why they couldn't have kept that same cinematic toll like they've done in The Mandalorian. Because I felt like a lot of moments just didn't feel that way. It felt cheesy. Like when Leia was running through the woods, I thought like, oh boy, yeah, this feel, feels a little like TV. I liked it. But when I look back on it and notice all the other moments, like episode, um, episode four, oh my goodness, that was full on TV. You know, like a lot of stuff that just happened there that just did not make any sense. You know, like you have Tala sneaking into the, you know, the, 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 the base and, you know, she's supposed to be secretly like a spy and like, you know, walking Obi-Wan through what he has to do. Yet she's whispering. It's like, OK, you make a left here. There's a homeboy like literally three feet away from her. 
and you know she's like all right now open this door and you know you should get by the guards here how does this homeboy not hear everything that she's saying yeah you have that one moment where he glances over and be like what is she doing oh well i'm going to continue reading my email like what was that and then when one of the the officers approaches her it's like well let's check your id so she knocks him out right well there's still a lot of people in the room and just leaves him chilling right there oh hopefully no one will find him you know he's taking a nap like that was kind of weird and don't get me started about the whole escape thing when they finally got leia and they did all of a sudden it turned into like a little rascals bit where Obi-Wan is with the long trench coat and Leia's just here and you see like this giant thing. You guys already at this point know what I'm talking about. Like that was just so silly and ridiculous, right? But then that's, like I said, that episode hit me. And I'm like, this is for a younger generation. This is not my TV. This is not my Star Wars that I'm hoping for as an adult. I'm looking for some more mature stuff, but this is the stuff that the younger generation eats up left and right, you know? Um, and I, I kind of made peace with that. I'm like, all right, that doesn't mean I can't still nitpick, because I will nitpick, but I understand it, and I've, I've made peace with it. Um, but I will criticize. You know, and like I said, I will nitpick. Like that episode two had probably one of the worst visual effects. Um, and in episode five, that was another moment. You know, the awesome moment. Well, Vader sees a ship launching and he just uses the force and just holds it there. And brings it down and rips the side of the hull. That looked so poorly done, visual effects-wise. Especially when you compare it to the visual effects that we've seen in the two seasons of The Mandalorian. And, you know, watching season four of Stranger Things, like, a lot of that stuff looks more cinematic than this. And you know they have the budget for it, right? And I think that's one of the things that, look, I love stagecraft. I love the invention of the volume and how it that thing really revolutionized the way to do special effects on TV and movies and what have you. And the way they use it for The Mandalorian is brilliant. I think not every show should have to use it or should try to do their own thing because a lot of the moments in Obi-Wan, you could tell that that was the volume that they're in. They're looking at screens. And things weren't sinking the way they should, right? And again, I'm just nitpicking. I know that. I am very much aware I am nitpicking. But when you're getting used to something and you're getting accustomed to something and you see another series using the same stuff and it's being, you know, underutilized or not utilized correctly, then I'm going to nitpick. I'm sorry. That's just me, right? And another decision that I also found that was a little distracting was, and this is why I also say it's like an elongated movie. I felt certain moments just were stretched out way too long to kind of just fill the time or to give people more of a chance to 
oh, I want to see more Obi-Wan like sneaking here, sneaking there. And yeah, we got this amazing scene of like seeing all the captive Jedis or the Jedi sensitive people like all in those like little chambers. I'm like, oh, that's pretty dope. You know, what does that mean? We don't know. We're not being told what it is or being explained to as to what it is, but they're harvesting them or keeping them somewhere, right? Trophies? I don't know. It would have been cool to learn more about that. But the interrogation of Leia with Riva and Leia. Oh my God. You're going to tell us this? No. I'm not going to say nothing. All right. But, you know, you're going to tell us this, right? No. No, not right. Not right now. Two minutes later. So... You like that toy? Okay, I had a toy once. So you're going to tell me this, right? No, still not going to say nothing. How many times are you going to ask this kid? She ain't talking, right? Oh, I'm going to probe your mind. Oh, you're a strong one. Yeah, I am. Oh, so you're going to tell us this, right? No, no. And then, in this last episode, episode 6, how many times is Obi-Wan going to try to leave the ship? Yeah. All right, everyone, I got to go. No, you can't go. But it's going to be best for you. And I want to do this, you know, because you've helped protect the Jedi for so long. It's the least I can do. This is my chance to protect you. We're supposed to stick together. No, I got to go. Leia, I'll see you later. I don't want you to leave. But I got to go. No. Runs away. Oh, don't worry. I'll talk to her. Make sure you do because I got to go. Oh, here, I spoke to her. You can thank me later. Leia, I gotta go. Oh, am I gonna see you again? Hopefully, yeah, I promise. But I gotta go. O'Shea Jackson walks in. All right, things are ready. Are you sure you gotta go? You don't You don't have to do this. No, I gotta go. I gotta do this. Oh, my God. We get it. Just leave. You know? I guess Irish exits don't exist in this universe. Because if it was just me, and I knew this was something I had to do, I'd be like, all right, y'all, I got to go. No, you don't. What's that over there? Bye. Right? Like, come on. Like, again, you're just stretching things out. You know, when things could have been buttoned up. All that time, you could have given us more fights. You could give us more time with Vader and Obi-Wan fighting together. But No. You had to prolong it and all that stuff like that. And again, yeah, I'm nitpicking. So what? You do too. Right? So yeah. So, hey guys and gals, looking for the latest and greatest in collectibles and pop culture merchandise? Well, have I got the perfect destination for all of you. For example, do you want to get yourself your own personal Lola droid? Well, now you can pre-order your very own Lola everyone's favorite little droid from Obi-Wan directly from Entertainment Earth. Entertainment Earth is the premier place online for the latest and greatest toys, the most exciting action figures, and the coolest gifts and collectibles pop culture has to offer. From television, movies, sports, collectibles, comics, internet memes, and every fandom in between. They drop new products daily and curate their selection so you don't miss out. Whether you're looking for something stellar from a galaxy far, far away with Star Wars, or from the streets of Gotham City with DC Comics, they've got surprises for everyone. 
Get access to exclusive releases and limited run pre-orders. You can even reserve hard-to-find items before they arrive. From Funko to Hasbro, all your favorite vendors are represented in their robust catalog of cool collectibles. They are pleased to offer risk-free shopping with their industry-leading mint condition guarantee and hassle-free 90-day returns. Entertainment Earth has been making pop culture fans happy for 25 years now and have no signs of slowing down. What's great is that for U.S. shoppers, they're currently offering free shipping for any orders placed above $49. Not in the U.S.? Don't worry. Entertainment Earth ships globally. Visit the special link in the description of this episode to take advantage of this offer and buy yourself or a loved one something really cool. Entertainment Earth. So many toys. So much fun. You know, again, the series as a whole, I mean, let's talk about first and let's just recap again some of the 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 special effects that they could have done to make things a little better um this is the nitpicking episode by the way so in case you didn't know so i have to bring up the whole hayden christensen things because the last time we saw him training with obi-wan as a padawan you know i know because he still has the braid so he's a padawan still you know he was what 20 years old or something like that now he's like 40 right you could really tell he's old in these scenes i don't understand why they couldn't just like soften it up a little bit de-age it a little bit you know like marvel's done it so many times now in the mcu movies a youtuber this is where i grabbed this still from did it on their own and it looks so much better compared to what we got because it really does look like a 40-year-old version of Hayden is training with Obi-Wan. And this was before the whole Clone Wars stuff, you know, before his hair grew out and everything like that. Um, and also, like, the moment where there was the flashbacks of Reva as a as a youngling. And, you know, you have uh, Anakin walking in with the robe and all that. Like, even the, that, when you look at his face there and you go back and you look at his face from the original movie, it looks so different very very different it's just little things that they could have done to keep the continuity uh, to continue the the aesthetics of what we've been used to from you know from the prequels another thing that i thought they asked that on was palpatine for me it just looks like mcdermott you know he looks like they just layered some rubber on his face to give him some of those wrinkles and then that was it you could really tell that this is McDermott right here. Look at how he looked like in Revenge of the Sith. Now, again, this is supposed to be, what, 10 years after Revenge of the Sith? This is him, Revenge of the Sith. This is him and Obi-Wan. You can tell the difference, can't you? I can. Here, he looks like he's just being himself. The actor is just being himself. Like, is it just me? Am I just being too too picky? I don't know. You know, that was just something that I noticed, you know. And like I said, there were a lot of moments where a lot of things were very questionable as far as, you know, they could have done some different changes here and there that just made it look a little better, a little cleaner. You know, it would have been nicer to see that. Um, but as far as characters are concerned, like I said, I really, really liked Leia, the, the actress that portrayed Leia. I thought she was really, really well cast. Um, Vivian Lyra Blair or Lyra Blair I thought 
uh, when I saw her first show up and like that spunk that she had, the sense of adventure, you know, I loved it when uh, Brea Organa said like, it's like raising a boy, you know, I love that because there it, it just reminds us of the Leia that we see later on all grown up, right? It really, really reminded me of that. And I thought she did a really good job. I think the only problem is that we just got too much of her. You know, I felt like it just took away a lot from the Obi-Wan storyline. You know, I like her whole thing could have done could have been done in two episodes. Right. Because that's like two hours. Right. Could have easily been concluded in, in two episodes and then move on from there. Right. Because the one thing that they did here is that they showed you that Obi-Wan had a lot of freaking interaction with Leia. And almost similar interaction with Luke. Almost. Then when we see them later on, it didn't seem that those interactions were as impactful as they could have been. Right? All the time that he spent with Leia, rescuing her twice. Right? She helped out in saving the refugees by like you know splicing the the freaking gates so that the thing can open so that the ships can escape and all that stuff right when we first see leia in a new hope and she's like you know leaving the message for obi-wan in in r2d2 you know the message pops up and it's like hey obi-wan you know you helped my dad in the clone wars and all that stuff like that so i'm i'm asking you for some help I can picture it. It should have gone something along the lines like, Hey, Obi-Wan, it's me again. Guess what? I'm in trouble. Yeah, I haven't changed much. You know, like that time that you had to rescue me from those bandits. Or remember that time that we faced Inquisitor? Right. Yeah. Oh, that was, you know, it harkens back to the days of when we had to get those refugees off the planet. But yeah, I'm causing trouble again. So I need another solid from you. Like that, that would be like a really, really funny new message now, right? And then now fast forward to Luke when him and, and Obi-Wan are connecting, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, you know, this is a lightsaber and this was belongs to your father. And, you know, there's Jedi's out there and this and that. Don't you think he would have at least somewhat remembered that he was chased down by a Sith? That he kind of maybe saw a lightsaber? That he saw... You know, Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen trying to fend off a freaking Sith from getting him? Or are they going to play it out as if, like, when he got knocked out, you know, by the Force, mind you, that he had temporary amnesia and forgot all of that? They could easily say that, right? So I'll give that a little pass. But the whole Leia thing, I mean, that's a whole nother story. I love Joel Edgerton. I love the fact that he came back and he was awesome as Owen. You could really see why Owen just does not really care much for Obi-Wan. He gave in a little bit at the end, you know, just so that uh, Obi-Wan can, you know, flash his, his very famous now, uh, hello there, uh, which you had to have heard. If this whole series went through and no one heard that, like, there would be an uproar. But we got it, you know, so, you know, I love that. I also love the fact that um, the actress who plays um, Baru, that they were able to get her back, um, Bonnie Piesi. And the reason why I'm so happy about that is because I don't know how well you've been following, you know, 
stuff that's happened in the world. But she was involved um, in a cult, Nexium. HBO did this long documentary about it and she was featured in it and now she's working with her husband who are both members of this kind of cult to take it down and you know they were been successful with all that stuff like that so she mentions her time in filming uh, Star Wars uh, in the prequels and all that so it's really real and you know she was afraid that it was going to impact her career being involved with this cult and all that stuff like that um, so it's really really nice that you know she's re reformed she's out of that stuff and she was able to come back and you know portray uh, Aunt Peru because I, I thought that was really really great to see um, but hands down I think my favorite new character that we were introduced to is Tala like I said Indira Varma great actress you know this you know, this new character really gave a lot of the heart and emotion in this entire series. Um, I love her interactions with Obi-Wan. At first, I thought it was going to end up becoming a potential love interest, maybe. Um, because I know I, I, it was either in the comics or in the books that there was something like that happening with Obi-Wan. I thought this was going to be that. Um, but she definitely... Now, it's unfortunate that she we didn't get enough of her because she sacrificed herself and blew herself up with the thermal detonator there and, and the new robot that everyone loves um you know to kind of uh, give more time to the refugees in obi-wan but that moment in itself was such a cinematic breathtaking moment you know where she says just go and then she blasts the the controls of the door shuts it down and right before she detonates the the detonator She's, you know, the best use of may the force be with you we've seen in a long time. And then boom, like her character in itself was uh, a breath of fresh air. And I really, really like this character. It's too bad we couldn't get enough of her. Um, it was great seeing Jimmy Smith's back, uh, you know, Bail Organa. I thought that was like a great version. I love the interaction between him and Leia. Um, you know, O'Shea Jackson Jr. I mean, it was cool that I was there. Kind of look like, yeah, look, we got Ice Cube in Star Wars now. But, I, I, you know, and not saying he didn't do a great job, but I'm sure you could have given that to any other actor and they probably would have done a, a similar job, right? So, so that was cool to see. And Kumal Nanjiani was probably the more surprising addition to Star Wars. Definitely something that I was not expecting. But, uh, but I didn't hate it. You know, he definitely, like, provided a lot of moments of you know comedy and levity in the in the series and and all that um so it was fine you know it, it didn't really distract me too much i thought it was kind of cute how he was trying to play like this fake jedi to, you know, just to earn money you know swindle money and all that stuff like that and then how eventually he became like this really big supporter and helper of the refugees and, and the movements and all that stuff like that so you know it was kind of cute you know but I could have, you know, take it or leave it or whatever. Um, but we finally got to see him back. We finally got Qui-Gon. And he looked great. This is probably one of the better characters outside of Obi-Wan that, like, looked like Qui-Gon. He looked like exactly how he does in the prequels. And, again, it would have been great if we just had this sprinkled throughout the series. You know, like we've seen, we saw Obi-Wan trying to talk to Qui-Gon, you know, Master Qui-Gon, I have to do this. I have to face him and all that stuff. And I get it. He was not really fully in tune back in the force yet. 
So, and Qui-Gon even says it. You know, when they finally see each other at the end, he's like, there you are. I've been looking all over for you. Well, you know, maybe I was not ready for you to see just yet. Uh, and don't quote me an exact lines there, but you get what he's trying to say. So I get it. He was not fully in tone, in tune with the Force and able to see him. But that doesn't mean that he could not have maybe heard him. It would have been kind of cool if, like, maybe we just heard Qui-Gon say some things, you know, one line here and there, you know, so that it builds up to when we finally do see this at the end. It's like, oh, my God, they're reunited and it feels so good, you know. But it was nice to finally see. I mean, he said, come on, let's go. We got a lot of stuff to do. What does that mean? What stuff? And that's why it's like, that's the stuff I would be interested in to see. Like that rekindling and building up up on that relationship that they have. I would love to see what all that means. You know, Um, that's why I would be kind of open if they did a season two. Um, Or if they could somehow show that in like, I don't know if there was another series and they just happened to explain that more or dive more into that, but it would be cool to see. I also love that, you know, they gave Obi-Wan that nomadic look, you know, with the goggles and his outfit and, and his whole setup and everything like that. We, we've seen this already in comic book form. Sideshow did this awesome mythos Obi-Wan statue that looks exactly like this. So I'm glad that we're seeing this nomadic version. Um, but what does that mean? It'll be really, really interesting to see, you know, where those adventures would take him moving forward. But um, but yeah, like character wise, you know, I, I, I like some of the decisions they made. Uh, but then there are some decisions that they made that I just didn't get. Like, why doesn't anyone want to kill anyone in Star Wars? <laughs> You know, like that's something that really confuses me a little bit, you know, and I get it. We know Vader survives, you know, but Obi-Wan had a chance to really take him down for the second time. And he chooses not to, right? You know, Vader says, um, you know, you didn't kill Anakin, I did. Anakin is dead, all that stuff like that. And... You know, Obi-Wan's just like, all right, catch you later, Darth. And then walks away. He could have ended him. And could have prevented all of this mess that would have happened after this. Where Vader just rules with an iron fist or mechanical fist, however you want to call it. And causes destruction and death all over the place. You know, but I get it. Story purpose, right? But then the whole Reva thing. You know, the Grand Inquisitor survives, which I knew was going to happen. You know, kills Reva, or so, or so it seems. They decide to taunt her a little bit. I'm like, hi, you dummy. You thought, you know, you're going to get away. You thought I didn't know that this was the whole plan all along. You know, peace out, sucker. And then doesn't take her saber away or destroys it. Just like drops it there. You know, what if a kid walked by and picked it up? Like, ooh, what's this? But no, it gave her a chance to crawl to it later and then find out that this freaking, you know, Obi-Wan has uh, a kid he's protecting on Tatooine and everything. You know, again, story purpose, but 
it's amazing how no one decides to really end anybody here. You know, second chance Obi-Wan had, he didn't do it. But I get it. Story purpose, right? So I get it. Um, another another thing I, I want to also talk about, and again, about it's all about the choices at this point, right? About certain choices and decisions they started to make. How amazing or how more impactful would it have been if, let's say, in the first episode of Obi-Wan, you know, we see Obi-Wan and Tatooine, you know, working, trying to live his life away from the Force, but he's still keeping an eye on Luke, right? But how amazing would it have been if we just see him looking at where Luke lives? Yes, we see Owen, maybe maybe even Shoburu, but we never saw Luke. But we know he's there. And you could see, like, Obi-Wan sees him, you know, f- from the goggles. You know, not showing the boy exactly. He gets him the present, wants to drop it off. Still have all that done. The confrontation with Owen and everything. Still have all of that there. But never show him. Now, how much more impactful would it have been if at the end of episode five, when Reva finds out, like, oh, there's a kid on Tatooine that Obi-Wan's supposed to help protect, and da 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 and then they show that scene of Luke in bed sleeping on Tatooine. How amazing and more impactful would that have been if they made that choice, right? Again, it's thinking cinematically, not so much TV, right? You have a lot of TV episodes that think cinematically like that. You know, like I said, Stranger Things right now is doing that so well. Back in the day, Breaking Bad did that so well, right? So, yeah. So, it's just really, really interesting to see how certain choices and decisions are made that could affect someone's perception or feeling of a series as they watch it. Like Reva. I like Reva. I love seeing the Inquisitors live on on screen, but I would have preferred if that was a whole separate series. You know, if they did like an Inquisitor series and Reva was the main focus of that storyline, then that would have been perfect. The fact that they had her here and they did her disservice by just having her as a side plot. I, I, I just think that was not fair to the, to the series, to the character, and to the actress, you know. But her, her whole turn at the end was also very predictable. When I saw that first episode with the younglings and the Padawans and all that, and then we get introduced to Riva, and we see, like, she kind of has a chip on her shoulder and all that stuff like that. I was watching with two friends of mine. Because it was, you know, they dropped the two episodes during Star Wars Celebration and I was there. I said to them, I said, she's got to be one of the kids, right? That's that's where they're going. And of course, that was the case. Like, we've, we finally learned that. Now, her whole reason for turning dark and joining the Sith and becoming an Inquisitor and being on the dark side to eventually just get back at Vader and kill him. Woof! That's determination, but that's a little bit of a stretch, right? Like, I personally probably would have preferred it if it was just the old cliche thing where I was a youngling. He almost killed me. 
you know, eventually we cross paths. He saved me and, and gave me another purpose. Now I must serve the dark side and I must get rid of all the Jedi and all that stuff. And there's nothing you could do, but you want to change that and da, 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 you know, and then through all this stuff and talking and communication and showing this and showing that and showing how Anakin really is and blah, blah, blah. Then maybe she has a change of heart, right? But then eventually dies at the end because of that change of heart. Like, I probably would have preferred that whole cliche thing. It probably would have given her whole storyline much more gravitas, right? Now it's just like, okay, well, she couldn't kill Vader, right? Which is so stupid, too, because Obi-Wan let her know. It's like, I'm going to distract him, so you need to come in with the gusto. And she took so much time as Vader's just looking up at this ship that escaped. And then right before she strikes, she's like... <laughs> Like, wouldn't you just have done it all stealth-like and just be like, ha-ha, got you, bitch? But again, story. I get it. But she failed at that. Then she decided to go after Luke for revenge or whatever. That wasn't even fully well explained. And then she couldn't do it She couldn't because it just reminded her of like when she was a kid and when she was like betrayed by what Anakin and all that. And then she thinks she's failed. Obi-Wan says, you didn't fail. You did them You did them justice. Blah, blah, blah. Now you're free. And she leaves her saber. And then where is she going to go now? You know, will we ever hear from her again? I don't know. Since she's around, are the Inquisitors going to try to hunt her down? We don't know. But that's what I'm saying. That's why I was like, introducing these characters and putting them into these side stories that end up really sometimes going nowhere it's a disservice to that character, especially if there are a lot of people who end up liking these characters. It, like, it would have done a better service if it just was it a separate series, right? Do a separate series for Reva and the Inquisitors. Do another separate series for Leia, which would be awesome for the younger generation, you know? Like, I'm sure there are a lot of people would love that, kind of like what they're doing with Miss Marvel now in Marvel. You know, have those and be the focus in those two series so that Obi-Wan can really have a straight through storyline and we get more. You know, but that's again, that's just me and I could be very nitpicky. So obviously, I'm very curious as to what all of you think about everything. Um, but yeah, as we close out, um, you know, this recap and review of the series, like I said, I didn't I didn't hate the series. I, I did. For what was given, I, I enjoyed it. it. I was entertained. Um, if I were to rank the Star Wars series right now, um, I don't know. You can't beat Mandalorian Season 2, really. Mandalorian Season 2, Mandalorian Season 1, Book of Boba Fett. and Well, no. I would put Obi-Wan above Book of Boba Fett, for sure. But... I think we were walking into this hoping that Obi-Wan would be the best Star Wars show that we've ever watched. And I don't think I got that. And I am very curious as to what you guys and girls think. You know, was this everything that you were hoping for? Did this live up to your expectations? Did this satisfy you? You know, I'm sure you, some of you found it satisfying to a certain extent. But I, I think they could have done much more. And I think as a whole, I was a little let down, you know, if I'm to be completely honest. 
Um, you know, I still think Deborah Chow is a great director, but maybe, maybe she's not meant for a full series. Episodes here and there, maybe she just needs to hone in a little bit more of her craft, right? Um, but I still think, like, there are a lot of episodes I didn't, that I thought was done well, but there are a lot of decisions and choices that were made that I just did not agree with, and I thought it could have been handled a lot better. So, but where do we go from here, right? Like I said, I would be open for a season two if we had that chance to really explore, like the, like I said, the relationship between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and seeing Obi-Wan live that nomadic lifestyle, right? Where, where does he go? Does he just roam the earth like Kung Fu on Tatooine? You know, does he go from plant to other planets during this whole time? Like I never read the comics that explored kind of this period or any of the books, but it'll be great to see an on-screen representation of some of that stuff. But I think in my own mind, if I was sitting on a table with Kathleen Kennedy, Favreau, Filoni, give Vader his own series. Vader had his own comic book run. I think at this point, kind of hand things off because of how things were left off in this series. You know, you had Vader extremely butthurt that Obi-Wan escaped. And he's like, I'm going to scour the universe and I'm going to kill everyone until I find Obi-Wan. And Palpatine's like, I think you're a little, you know, you're getting this way over your head. You're still a little bit tied into this old master thing. You know, I'm your master. And, you know, Vader's like, no, you're right. I'm loyal to you. Obi-Wan doesn't matter. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to sulk here. You know, Padme, I miss you. You know, but as we left that, now switch it. Give us all the point of view from Vader's side. Because you know secretly he's still going to be looking for Obi-Wan. And he's still going to be hunting him down at least for a little bit. Right? Plus the Inquisitors are still around. You know? Even the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor was like, Look, if we stop that ship, we're going to stop all their efforts and everything they've been doing to save the Jedi. Or you could just go after this one guy. And Bear was like, we're going after this one guy. F those people, right? So you know he's still going to make his own decisions and choices, right? But eventually he's going to have to fall in line. So it would be awesome to see like that point of view from him. Maybe explore more about the you know, Inquisitors in the live-action format. And I could see Ewan return as Obi-Wan in that series, right? See where, you know, if they have another interaction together, if they have another confrontation together, you know. Vader doing a training montage of trying to, you know, get ready for round three, like Rocky. You know, see him like, you know, lifting space equipment with the force or, you know, I don't know, running around the hulls of the ships of the death of the Star Destroyer. Yeah, don't let me direct anything because that that's that's what your guys are going to get. But I, I think I think a Vader series would be pretty awesome. And I think you can really, really, really see. Um, another point of view, a side that we don't get to see much of, because we're always showing the point of view of the good side, right? You know, we we got, we we're seeing stuff, you know, from Obi Wan's perspective, 
you know, in the movies, it's always the Skywalkers, right? Um, yeah, we get a little bit of the bad side of Mandalorian and Boba Fett, but it's bad turning into good, right? Or neutral or what have you. But pure, pure Sith, evil point of view. It would be awesome to see that. But those are just my two cents. Again, I'm curious to hear what you guys and gals think. But there goes this episode of um, the Obi-Wan review. Uh, thank you for everyone who decided to stick around and watch and listen. Um, if you're new to the channel and you just happen to stumble across this video, do me a favor. Please hit that like button if you like what you see. If you want to continue seeing this type of content, subscribe to the channel. Uh, hit that notification bell so that you can get notified every time a new episode is uploaded. And if you want to listen to this in audio format, you could go to your podcast platform of choice and look for the Low Key Geek channel there. And you can download this and many more other episodes from those platforms. So... Again, thank you for watching. Until next time, stay cool, stay classy, stay safe, and I'll catch you all later. All right, y'all. Peace. Thanks. Thanks.